The following program is for informational and educational purposes only. This program does not replace medical, mental health, or psychological diagnosis and treatment prescribed by your personal physician, psychologist, therapist, or other health care provider. Please consult your provider for diagnosis and care before beginning or changing any program or idea discussed. Welcome to Speaking of Nutrition with Tom Mantos and co-host Fred Fornicola. Our program discusses the facts about chronic health conditions and shows you remedies that work. Now, here are your hosts, Tom Mantos and Fred Fornicola. Hi, this is Tom Mantos speaking in nutrition and my co-host Fred Fornicola. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us again. Uh, we'll be continuing our discussion on type 2 diabetes. Uh, we had our first installment uh, that aired on November 11th, if you want to catch the first installment, if you hadn't already. And today we're going to be finishing up, or hopefully finishing up, because type 2 diabetes is nothing we can rush through. But uh, Tom and I have some, uh, some detailed information we're going to start sharing with you right now. Thanks, Fred. So what I want to do is uh, I didn't get a chance to uh, go over uh, clinical and laboratory assessment last time. So I want to cover that really quick and then we're going to get into the diet and supplementation and those types of things. So when you get your laboratory evaluation, what you're looking for, you're looking at your fasting glucose, anything over 100 milligrams a deciliter is known as impaired fasting glucose. So that's a warning sign. When it gets to 126 and over, that's type 2 diabetes. The other thing is looking at your serum triglycerides they're elevated over 130, you start to worry. Now, in diabetes, the extra sugar you take in really can jack up your triglyceride levels. And I've seen them over 2,000, which is crazy. But interestingly, when you cut the carbs in the person's diet, they drop pretty rapidly. Your serum HDL is depressed. The HDL is the high-density lipoprotein. That's the good one. So in males, less than 40 is a risk, and, less, and in females, less than 50. And then what you do is you get your serum triglyceride to HDL ratio. Anything greater than four is a risk factor. Elevated C-reactive protein, we talked about that last time. That's an inflammatory marker. Anything over one starts to increase your risk. Okay. Hemoglobin A1C, a, a measure of blood sugar control. You want to try to keep it under 5.5. Anything over that starts to be a risk, and anything over 6.5 is problems. So that's, that's not good. Interestingly, I had my A1C done for the first time this summer, and I came up below the reference range, 4.7. I've really never seen one that low, so that's really good for me. So, Tom, just to interject, these tests are required. They're not standardized tests when you go for your normal physical, correct? Well, most of them are. are a couple, okay. a couple won't be. These will, these will all be on your blood test. You might have to ask for the C-reactive protein. Um, if your doctor suspects diabetes or pre-diabetes, he's going to do the A1C. Uh, the other thing that's on a standard test is your serum liver enzymes, the AST and ALT. If those are elevated, <clears throat> which many times they are, and they can be elevated in children. It could indicate a fatty liver from the inflammation being generated by the insulin resistance. Elevated waist to hip ratio. So your gut's bigger than your butt, greater than one. What I usually go by is body fat analysis. So I use bioelectrical impedance. And what that does, the machine runs a current through you and it tells you how much body fat you have, how many pounds of fat and how many pounds of muscle. 
And that's another reason why we don't just use the scale as a barometer, whether you're in shape or not. Yeah, the scale is the worst barometer. Because when I see somebody losing weight, I want them to lose just the fat compartment. And I want them to build the muscle compartment. All right. A lot of people lose a lot of weight, but they lose a lot of muscle. Absolutely. You don't want to do that. So the body fat in men, anything over 25% is considered obesity. And in women, over 35% is obesity. So men, an, an ideal body fat percentage is 8 to 15%. And in women, it's 16 to 26%. Uh, elevated waist circumference. Again, we're talking about the gut being bigger than the butt. In men, generally over 40 inches, and in women, over 35 inches. Elevated blood pressure, 130 over 85 and greater. And real important, you might have your doctor do this. They don't normally do it, but I always do, is your fasting insulin. So an optimal fasting insulin is 5 to 10. Anything greater than 10 starts to increase your uh, risk to uh, insulin resistance. Now, we're going to get into the, the diet and what's the best diet to follow. And when I use a lot, I don't use it all the time, but for the majority of the time, so it's called the modified Mediterranean diet. Now, this is the way people have eaten for thousands of years, Mediterranean diet. The original investigation into this goes back decades into the Isle of Crete in Greece. And they were wondering... How come these people live like an average 10, 10 years longer than the people in the United States? They don't really have technology. They're fishermen. <clears throat> and what they tracked it down to was their diet and lifestyle. They were very active. They ate a Mediterranean-type diet, which I'm going to explain what that is. And they found they almost had no incidence of cardiovascular disease, almost no diabetes, no types of cancer, and they had a very long lifespan. So what does the Mediterranean diet look like? In general, it's fish and seafood at least three to five times a week. Now, some people are not going to eat fish three to five times a week. So what I always do is um, increase my fish oil capsules. And what we want to do is get low mercury fish. That would include things like wild salmon, mackerel, herring, sardines, trout, flounder, and haddock. So it's not just the quality of the protein source we're looking for. We're looking for the essential fatty acids to... It's, yeah, the essential fats are big for insulin regulation, reducing inflammation, preventing uh, blood clotting, all Heart kinds disease, of everything else. Yeah, all kinds of good stuff. And then on the Mediterranean diet is poultry, lamb, wild game, and lean meat, grass-fed organic, moderate amounts of eggs, cheese, and yogurt. I like Greek yogurt. It has more protein in it. And then a, a lot of plant-based foods. That's why the Mediterranean diet is so good. So a lot of beans, lentils, legumes, whole grains, and a lot of fresh fruit, vegetables, a lot of herbs, which have beneficial properties, and then olive oil. So what we do is, particularly for people with blood sugar problems or coronary artery disease, we modify the Mediterranean diet. So we take the foods out of it that raise your blood sugar too much. And we just stay, it's called the glycemic index, and I'm going to explain what that is. So we, we stick with the foods that regulate your blood sugar. Okay. Now, what's interesting about the uh, modified Mediterranean diet, there's hundreds and hundreds of clinical studies on it, more, more studied than any other type of diet. So as far as losing weight, you can lose weight on any diet, just taking less calories than your body needs. 
However, you want to get healthier. So they did an interesting study. They compared the modified Mediterranean diet to Nutrisystems. Fred, you ever follow Nutrisystems? Uh, <laughs> <not> <laughs> no, you never got recently, to no. Okay. So both groups lost weight. These were diabetics that did this, the study. The Nutrisystems diet did not change blood pressure, lipids, blood sugar, insulin, didn't change any of it. The modified Mediterranean diet significantly lowered all those parameters. Okay. And the other one that cracks me up is the American Diabetic Association diet, of course, put out by the government. The worst diet to follow ever. When it's studied, does not lower blood sugar at all. Does not lower cholesterol. In fact, if you look at the American Heart Association diet, even it lowers cholesterol 1%. Isn't that great? So here, here's the problem. On the American Diabetic Association diet, they allow you a certain amount of carbs per each meal. But they don't care where the carbs come from. So there's a big difference in your glucose response if you have an apple, applesauce, or apple juice. All right? Of course, the apple juice is pure sugar. The apple's totally different, but they don't care on the American Diabetic Association diet. In fact, canned fruit is a, is a serving of fruit. Mm. Canned fruit, right? not real fruit. Right, and this gets down to the quality versus quantity <laughs> type thing where we're talking about yeah. losing weight versus losing fat, and you're looking at calorie for calorie, you can't compare the nutrients. Right, and the other thing, they count ketchup as a vegetable. <laughs> so, you, you know, it was amazing to me. My mom, she had a lot of cardiovascular problems, and she was, uh, she was um, insulin resistant, but we controlled it with diet. So she was like borderline with the blood sugar, but she didn't need medication. She goes into Brick Hospital, Bricktown Hospital. They put, they put her on the American Diabetic Association diet in the hospital. Her blood sugar went from, it was running about 110 in the morning, went up to 250. Well, I had a fit. Here's her bre- my mom's breakfast, bacon and eggs, a white roll and apple juice. Mm-hmm. Can you believe it? I wouldn't put anybody on that. Mm-hmm. So I'm having a fit and I'm having a discussion with the dietitian, you know, because that's my background. I went to school for that, but I don't use any of it. And you couldn't, conv- you couldn't change them at all. I'm like, how can you, different- how can you not differentiate between the-, the types of carbohydrates you're giving them? Well, you're just giving her 20 grams of carbs and it could be, you know, you're giving her apple juice sure. and you're giving her white roll right so i'm having a fit and it's the first time my mother ever had to take insulin she had had to put her on insulin in the hospital Mm. i could barely control myself (laughs) to tell you the truth but i had to have a diplomatic discussion so i just told my mother ma just eat protein and vegetables and then we'll get you out of here because it's absolutely ridiculous you know now one of the things i had mentioned last time was nutrigenomics. Nutrigenomics is the interaction of diet and genes. In fact, in 2004, Newsweek magazine cover story, right on the cover, was diet and genes. So we know diet affects our gene expression. So when we use um, food for different therapeutic uses or whatever, we do what's called first-line therapy. That's what a lot of us are certified in in the alternative doctors. So your diet, number one, should be anti-inflammatory. So the modified Mediterranean diet 
lowers inflammatory markers by about 25%. People, when you're looking to reduce inflammation in an individual, you have to still take them as an individual because certain foods may inflame them that aren't really inflammatory, but they have. Yeah, that's food sensitivities, which what's great about the Mediterranean diet, I can manipulate it any way I want. So if somebody has food allergies or food sensitivities that are bothering them, I can take that out of the diet and put them on that because we have tests for that the food sensitivities right. and so chemical sensitivities. You can specifically test somebody for all particular foods to see if there's right. a reaction to it, right. positive or negative. And it's usually going to be, if they're positive to it, it's going to be an inflammatory reaction to it. So we've got to get them out of the food. I can cut the carbs down a little, you know. I give them like a 60-page booklet with everything, recipes in there, the studies, the whole, the whole thing. Okay. Well, this differs when you just mentioned jokingly about Nutrisystem, but importantly, this is about convenience for people, right? It's about lowering calories. You're going to lose weight, like you said. But the quality of the nutrition is poor, and they still may have issues. They still have inflammatory issues. They can still have high blood pressure and other issues, type two, type 2 diabetes, like we're talking about right, right. now. So, so losing weight isn't really the answer. You have not, to, not always you have to improve answer. your blood chemistries and right. how you feel and the whole thing. Right. So the other thing with first-line therapy, so we want the diet to be anti-inflammatory, low glycemic load, which I'm going to teach you what that is, high in phytonutrients. Phytonutrients are those chemicals found in your plants, have tremendous medicine abilities. But the phytonutrients are stronger in organic plants than they are in... Yeah, we're going to talk about that. Standard plants. Yep, yep, yep. And we want the diet to be Mediterranean style. Okay. I'm actually very interested in the glycemic index because you and I have talked about this off, off air about how foods affect other foods too by there's a we talked about a myth or you say it's a myth now but i thought when you took certain glycemic foods that are high like maybe say a white rice or something that you would then if you mixed it with a fat it would have slower you know yeah we'll, we'll get into that i'm going to talk about that okay yeah i want to i want to read everybody a few things on the studies on the mediterranean diet which are quite interesting so one of the things they did was a called a meta-analysis Meta-analysis, you take all the data, the hundreds of studies done, put it in a database, and what's the final result? So let me read this to you. It's quite quite interesting. The meta-analysis studies found that the Mediterranean diet was associated with reduced risk of, of insulin resistance and diabetes, had a protective role in improving waist circumference, improving HDLs, triglycerides, blood pressure, and glucose levels. It may be useful, too, to reduce body weight and body mass index. A systemic review reported that Mediterranean diet might help prevent type 2 diabetes by improving the A1C and glucose, which are indicators of glycemic control. People who adhered to a Mediterranean diet had a longer lifespan. That's awesome. Less likely to die of cardiovascular disease, cancer, or other causes, and had a reduced risk for peripheral artery disease. And then in eight cohort studies, they found that the Mediterranean diet was associated with reduce mortality from cardiovascular disease, cancer, and lowered your incidence of Alzheimer's disease and Parkinson's. Wow. Now I'm going to read you a couple other studies that are real interesting. So New England Journal of Medicine, 2004. Lifestyle changes, lifestyle changes that they looked at were Mediterranean diet and exercise and treatment with metformin, which is a diabetic drug, both reduced the incidence of diabetes in persons at risk. The lifestyle intervention was much more effective than the metformin. So the lifestyle changes are much more effective than the drug, and they have no side effects. 
Isn't that nice? Here's another interesting one from the Journal of American Medical Association, 2004. People aged 70 to 90 years old adhering to a Mediterranean diet for 10 or more years had more than 50% lower rate of all causes of mortality and death. So there's, there's no drug for that. That's fabulous. And then it showed in Journal of American Medical Association, 2004, Mediterranean diet reduced the prevalence of insulin resistance and reduced inflammation in the arteries. So it actually, what they said, it reversed plaque in the arteries, builds up the plaque in the arteries. So we're going to have to take a little break, and I'll be right back, and I'm going to continue with the modified Mediterranean diet. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Tom Mantos' Center for Alternative and Preventative Medicine in New Jersey will help you find the right solutions for your health and nutritional needs. Each person is different, and our customized approach tailored to individual needs allows us to create achievable goals that are based on your lifestyle and physicality. Our preventative medicine specialists are committed to helping you make the changes you need in your life. To schedule a 30-minute free consultation or for more information, call 732-219-9636 or visit TomMantos.com. Addiction can affect our relationships, our families, our home, and work lives, but most importantly, ourselves. The recovery process can do wonders in the lives of people suffering from active addiction and also for those that love them. It's not just 12-step programs, but so much more. It's learning how to live life on life's terms. If you can relate to these issues or love someone who does, start with yourself. Start by tuning in to Miracles in Recovery with host Ray Lynch, Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Hope is in your corner. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Are listening to Speaking of Nutrition with Tom Mantos and Fred Bornicola. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everybody. Um, Tom, I'm really interested in the glycemic index. And, you know, I, like I said earlier, we talked about this quite a bit, but it's interesting how certain foods, even if they're uh, quote unquote healthy, good foods, can affect the blood, uh, blood sugar levels. And I was always under the understanding that. Uh, if you took, a, 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 like I said, a white rice, for instance, a basmati rice, and you mixed it with a, a fatter or protein, that it was absorbed a little slower so it didn't have that wallop on your blood, on your blood sugar levels. So um, you have different research on that? Yeah, well, th- the whole discussion on carbohydrates is like a hotbed for debate. But I'm going to show you what the research says and how you can incorporate this into your into your diet. Yeah, but the problem with for me is like you, you, carbohydrates always becoming the, the, the bad guy. Nah. And it's not. It's just the overconsumption. Right, of the wrong types, the wrong especially. Types. But even like you said, and we said in their first episode, that too much of anything is going to, you're going to have problems with stuff. You're going to gain weight. Right. You're going to have issues. But, and that's all about, you know, having the right balance of, of calories and so forth. But 
the carbohydrates aren't the, aren't the, aren't the bad guys. They're not evil. No, no. So when we modify the Mediterranean diet, what, what they've developed is what's called the glycemic index. Now, you can download this off the, the internet. Um, the glycemic index rates the type of carb- carbohydrate in the food on a scale of 0 to 100. So 100 would be the worst, pure glucose, and that's what spikes your blood sugar up. What we're looking for on the modified Mediterranean diet is a glycemic index of less than 55. Like when I give people the dietary um, thing to follow, you know, program, I have all the food groups broken down, like your fruits, your vegetables, your grains, your beans, and all this. And what I do to make it easy is I just take all the high glycemic foods out of there and they can pick all the rest of the stuff, okay? For instance, the foods that have the best fiber structures have the lowest glycemic index and have the best effect on your blood sugar regulation. Well, let me inter- inter- ask you a quick question. Now, what do you consider to be high then? If 100's the highest, obviously, with glucose, where's, where do you cut it off at? 50, 50 60? 55. 55. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 55. So they're looking at the types of carbs. A newer thing that they developed is called the glycemic load. We're going to primarily use the glycemic index going to make life easier for everybody because if your glycemic index is low, generally the glycemic load is low. But the glycemic load takes into account the type of carbohydrate and then the amount of carbohydrate. So your glycemic load should generally be under 10, over 20 is bad. So let's get an example. White rice is 70 on a glycemic index, so I keep away from that. But Brown and basmati rice is around 50, so that's okay. If you only have a serving or two, you know. Try having one serving of rice. Yeah, well, it depends on how many calories you need. So a serving would be like a half a cup, so up to two servings would be a cup, a cup of rice. If you had a giant bowl of rice, there's way too many carbs in that. Right. right? Then the glycemic load is going to go up. Right. So generally, when you do your glycemic index, you want to keep – your portion size is controlled. And here's a confusing point here. When you look at the glycemic index, you see that carrots are at 90 and it's a healthier food. But then you also right. see cornflakes, you know, that are at 85. You're like, wait a minute, how's that possible? Carrots, you don't eat that much of it. Think of how many, how much cornflakes you eat compared. So you can have a little bit right. of them. Right. And, and does, does the glycemic index change? Like if you had a banana that's, you know, at uh, – Where's that at? That little list there is 68. Right. As it ripens, does it get higher? And, and, it does. Right? So yeah. Have, so that jacks it too. So on my food list, you're not going to see bananas <laughs> in general for a diabetic. <laughs> right? Let's put it that way. Right. So we're going to primarily, if it's a low glycemic uh, food, it's going to be a low glycemic load food too. And we're going to just work with the glycemic index. So when you um, look at your plate, what we want to do on the Mediterranean diet, what I usually have people try to do, is try to eat about four meals a day. I think that's pretty doable. Three meals and a healthy snack. Some people find if they don't eat after six o'clock, it has a much better you know, effect on their blood sugar. Uh, some people, not so much. Personally, on the days that I don't do a high-intensity training, which I do a lot of, the days I don't do that, I, I eat four meals a day. The days that I do a high-intensity training, like weights or jujitsu or something, I throw another snack in there. So I'll have five meals a day. And then you have the opposite effect of people eating too much is people not eating enough. Right. Well, usually when I see people, and, and what I do is because the number one thing that helps people lose weight and keep it off is to monitor their intake. It's a math equation. 
So the way I do it to make it simple, I give them like food servings per day out of each food group, how much to eat. And as they have it, they just check it off. It's very simple. So in those food groups, their protein, their carbs, their fats are built in. They don't have to figure it out. Their calories are built in. They don't have to figure that out. But they need to keep a little record. And okay. no, um, to, to our audience here, I've known Tom for 30 years. And I met him because I was, at the time, 220 pounds. Oh, you were chubby. I was working out, but <laughs> still I, I kind of ate everything I could get my hands on. And that's exactly what we did. I, I kept the food journal, which everybody frowns upon. But I have to be honest that honestly is the best, very best way to succeed because you're accountable and you're watching what you're doing. You're not guessing at anything. And the people that I encourage to do that, they lose the weight. The that's most. the most effective way to do it. And I still do it to this day, but I had to do it a lot. You know, I had to make weight for bodybuilding all the time. So I had to keep a little record. I do a little more elaborate. Most people aren't going to do the system I do, but it worked for me. So I, I, that's what I used basically, you know, the, um, so the, the glycemic, so looking at the glycemic index, here's, here's a good way to look at your plate for lunch and dinner. You got a plate, half your plate should be vegetables or more. I usually give people unlimited vegetables. Okay. The other quarter of your plate should be protein. Okay, but let's just clarify vegetables for people. That doesn't mean corn and peas. We are talking no, about I mean like salad kind of right. vegetables, yeah. you know? Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, those kind of guys. Uh, the other quarter of your plate should be protein, one to two servings. A serving is about three ounces. So it depends on what your caloric intake needs are. Now, the other quarter of your plate is your carbohydrates, your low glycemic carbohydrates. So it would be one or two servings, you know, and you can adjust it for what the caloric need is. So a serving is about half a cup of rice, so that might be half a cup to a cup of rice. Half a sweet potato is a serving to a whole sweet potato would be your two servings. Beans and lentils, legumes, a half a cup is a serving, so a full cup would be two servings. So you keep low glycemic index carbohydrates in there. Keep it to one to two servings, not a gigantic bowl of uh, brown rice or something like that, Okay. And this approach, no. this approach to, to eating is you, you don't have to stay at home and do this anymore. Restaurants are accommodate these type of things. Salad bars accommodate these type of things. Yeah. When you and I were doing it, we didn't even have nutritional labels on the back when we started doing this. We were guessing at things. We just took logic. But now there's so much information at hand, but it's just a matter of just applying these things when you are you know, trying to improve your health or lower your cholesterol. Exactly. In this case, your type 2 diabetes, you know, yeah. you want to stay away from. So. so <clears throat> that's how your lunch and dinner plates should look. And then you can add a little fat to it, olive oil, you know, a little, I like smart balanced butter. There's other butters that are good out there for snacks. You want a low glycemic snack and maybe add a little protein to that. And the reason for the protein is it keeps you full longer. Like if I had an apple, it ain't lasting me too long. I put some peanut butter on there. Now you're talking like I'm, it's going to hold me over much longer. Right. And, right? I, found, and I found protein really helps my brain chemistry. If I'm yeah. not, if I'm not having, if I don't have protein, yeah. I might just tank. So breakfast should be a protein and some type of a low glycemic carbohydrate. So it could be eggs for instance. Um, and you might have some oatmeal with that. Or Ezekiel toast or something like that. Well, how, about, how about Dave's killer bread? Dave's killer bread. If you don't have a gluten problem, you, Dave's killer bread is awesome. It's uh, really high fiber. All the grains are in there. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a higher protein bed. Right. Tastes really good if you can find it in the store. It's, it's awesome tasting. 
So that's kind of what we are with the glycemic index and how you want to space your, your meals out. So four, four smaller meals a day. And uh, again, you can download a glycemic index off the internet. One, one morning, however, there are some foods in the glycemic index which are horrible for you that they'll list, but it's low in glycemic because there's so much horrible fats and things in it that you don't want to consume. Um, so you, you want to pick foods that you get from farming or fishing. Those are real foods. All right. And all, and all of this really is getting the knowledge base, making up a shopping list, going to the store, buying as natural as you yeah. can instead of looking for pre-mades, you know, pre-cooked, meaning like, you know, prepared foods, okay, but still you want to get as more as, as natural as possible. And this way you have better control. You have more control over what you're consuming and you know exactly what's going into it. If you're adding a little right. butter, if you're adding yeah. a little this, you, you have more control. And right. especially when you're trying to reduce your body fat. Right. Yep. Now I'm going to talk a little bit about fats because that's a big, another area of controversy. The government took all the regulations out of, about fats and eating too many saturated fats. All that was wrong anyway. You mean margarine's not good for you? Well, margarine <laughs> isn't good for you, but uh, so people. your fats mainly are going to be, you want to get most of your fats from omega-3 fatty acids. That's from fish or fish oil capsules. You can add to that. And your monounsaturated fats. And I'm going to tell you what those are. The saturated fats, you actually need some of them as long as it's organic sources. You need some saturated fat. That was always made the villain. It's not. The real villain was the sugar. Right. Okay? So you don't need to be afraid of eating whole eggs. Now, eat three dozen a week. Right. You know, organic. Organic. Organic omega eggs. Yeah. Yes. The bad oils, I'm going to list those, are the omega-6 fats. Now, the omega-6 fats, we eat way too many of them. And those... For instance, your omega-3, which is the fish, to omega-6 ratio should be 1 to 1. In the United States, it's 20 to 1. The vegetable oils is what's killing us. Yeah, but we were convinced that canola oil and the vegetable oils were healthy for well, us. Well, the problem is it's in everything. So right. we're, out of, we're out of balance. And with those vegetable oils, I'm gonna, I'll give you a list of them. The vegetable oils are increasing the inflammatory process. Right. You know? So the omega-6 oils to avoid would be soybean oil, cottonseed oil, peanut oil, corn oil, grapeseed oil, sunflower oil, safflower oil, sesame oil, and canola oil. Your monounsaturated fats, which, you know, olive oil, of course, is uh, extra virgin, by the way. Well, yeah. Organic extra virgin, if mm -hmm. you can. Again, we're always trying to step it up to the organic level. Yeah. The pure so extra virgin, of course, olives would be in there. Avocado, avocado oil, and all your nuts and seeds are monounsaturated. Those are good. Of course, you got to watch the calories. I was going to say, in so moderation. I, I give people, this is how many servings of nuts and seeds you can have, and that's the end of Everybody it. Everybody asks me, they say to me, is, are nuts and seeds good? I'm like, yeah, but you don't eat 20 or 30 no. unless you eat a couple. Right. So your saturated fats, which you can have with some of that, would be coconut oil, butter, um, butter, ghee, some other dairy products if you don't have a sensitivity to it. Uh, cocoa butter, eggs, and also uh, meat. Right, but how do you feel about everybody's against uh, whole fat dairy? Again, organic. I well, I'm, I don't have a problem. I think whole fat dairy is good uh, for us. I eat low fat because uh, I gotta watch the I gotta watch my abs, man. Okay. I, I gotta, if I see my abs disappear, okay, so from I, a, I, I but, but from, too much. But from a caloric standpoint, 
you're looking at at that point. But yeah, that's all I look from at. From a whole fat, you're not really doing it's that. Okay. It's okay. To have an, that's you know, what I'm saying. So amount. you yeah. have a whole glass of whole organic milk or Greek yogurt, it's it's fine. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the other thing, again, with the uh, the vegetable oils, you definitely don't want to cook with it because it oxidizes under heat. So you're cooking vegetables and you're just topping them off with some kind of extra virgin olive oil or right. avocado if you want to, or mm-hmm. whatever the oil yeah. is ran down. Yeah. And then just to talk about protein a little bit, protein, again, it, it does, your protein not only builds and repairs muscles, it produces your brain neurotransmitters, all your enzymes to make all your systems work, immunological system, very important. But what I do with this, in certain cases, if I have somebody with severe coronary artery disease or severe heart disease, I try to substitute plant proteins for some of the meat proteins. So we're talking pea, brown rice protein, that type of thing. Uh, yeah, lentils, Lentil, right. beans, mm-hmm. those types of things. But I mean, even as a supplement, you have pea protein. Because it definitely rice. has been shown, like if you have coronary artery disease, it has a reversing effect on coronary artery disease. Okay. So next thing I want to go to is quite a revelation in nutrition. It's called the medical foods, and I had mentioned them in uh, the, the first podcast. Now, the medical foods were developed uh, to really increase the, the results that you get from your diet. And let me, let me explain a little bit what my, my thought process is here. So when I look at supplementation, one of the companies that I use is Metagenics, and I'm going to give you the history of that. And I use some other companies, too. I only use their, the products that they have that are specialized because you can only get these through healthcare providers, either specialized products or ones that are patented, and they have a great effect and have all the clinical research for a specific disease state or a health condition that you're having, all right? Now, for what we're, now Metagenics, they used to uh, host Functional Medicine Research Center in Gig Harbor, Washington, and then I told you it was the largest nutritional medical center in the world. I got most of my certifications there. They certify medical doctors in functional medicine. They have the top 10 genetic lab in the world, all right? And what they do is they research a lot of these plant compounds and its effect on the genes. And we're going to talk about some specific things. So what they did is they, they've been putting together over the years medical foods, which you can make a shake out of, and it significantly improves the results you get from just doing diet and exercise alone. So the one for, I use for uh, blood sugar problems, it could either be insulin resistance, type 2 diabetes, or severe hypoglycemia. It's called ultra-glucose control. Right. We're going to take, take a break, and then I'm going to get back to the medical foods. Tom, real quick, I wanted to let everybody know that we, we have an Instagram account up now. We do? We do. And oh, it's called speaking underscore of underscore nutrition. Sorry, but speaking of nutrition, all one word was already taken. So speaking underscore of underscore nutrition, and we'll be posting photos and information and some of the, you know, pictures and, and, law, and uh, links to the uh, foods and uh, to the websites. Thanks. Okay. Okay. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Can grief be good for you? Absolutely. It gets your attention, helping you evaluate your choices and relationships. Your losses define who you are. Tune in each week for Good Grief with host Cheryl Jones. Our show features those who have made incredible transformations by grieving their losses. You'll learn how to find your courage and strength. You'll discover the important things in your life and how to let go of things that are less important. Good Grief airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health and Wellness. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Tom Mantos' Center for Alternative and Preventative Medicine in New Jersey will help you find the right solutions for your health and nutritional needs. Each person is different, and our customized approach tailored to individual needs allows us to create achievable goals that are based on your lifestyle and physicality. Our preventative medicine specialists are committed to helping you make the changes you need in your life. To schedule a 30-minute free consultation or for more information, call 732-219-9636 or visit TomMantos.com. You are listening to Speaking of Nutrition with Tom Mantos and Fred Fornicola. Now, back to the program. Okay, we're back. Now, let me, get, let me get back to the medical food that I use for type 2 diabetes, which is called ultra-glucose control. And what happened was Metagenics used to sponsor functional medicine, and then what they did is they actually hooked up with them, and functional medicine became their research arm. So that's why I use some of the Metagenics products. They're very, some of them are patented, and they have tons of clinical studies. All these medical foods that I'm going to be talking about have tons of medical studies on them. Now, if you're interested, you can go to my website, tommantos.com, left-hand side, click on supplement store, and click on Metagenics, and you can browse through what they have. I'm going to be talking about some of their things, then there's some other companies that I use. You know, the general things like vitamin C and B-complex you can get in the health food store. I'm, I'm not worried about that. Um, if you want to order something, you just create your account and order it. Now, going back to the ultra-glucose control, I absolutely use that with everybody with type 2 diabetes. And in it uh, is a balanced ratio of carbohydrates, proteins, and fat to manage glucose response. There's a thing called meta-release in there, which is a specific type of super starch and fiber. And they add high-quality protein and branched-chain amino acids to support balanced glucose response. What this super starch does, it's digested over a very long period of time so your blood sugar stays stable for a very long time. It keeps you nice and stable. They also add a gram of L-arginine, which is an amino acid, which is used for carbohydrate metabolism. And clinically, we use that for some other things. And also 22 essential vitamins and minerals and supports overall health and blood sugar regulation. So, Tom, when you prescribe this to a, to a patient, how do you include that into their diet then? Well, depending on how bad their blood sugar is, I'll have them do one to two servings a day. 
And a lot of times they don't have to add anything else to that. Maybe some fish oils if they don't eat a lot of fish. Now, does that take the place of a meal then? Is it a it, meal could, it could take like a snack. Yeah. So what you do is two scoops and eight ounces of water, only water. Uh, if you want, and it tastes really good. I've had them a bunch of times. You could add some low glycemic uh, fruit to that. Like I like adding frozen blue, organic blueberries and blend it up. Tastes really good. So you can have that for breakfast. You can do a shake for a snack. You can actually replace the protein part of your meal, the meat protein, and have the shake in place of it and then have your vegetables and your carbohydrate. And I used to do that when I competed in bodybuilding a lot. So it's real versatile. You can basically take it whenever you want during the day, and it's going to have a dramatic effect on lowering your blood sugar. It also has an effect on lowering your lipids, like your triglycerides, your cholesterol. It tends to lower your blood pressure. All right. So and we're covering a lot of different issues here with the type 2 diabetes, blood pressure. Yeah, you're, well, even using, you're even using it for muscle building purposes, too. Yeah, so. you could. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you could. So that's the medical food. So, you can, again, you can go on my website, hit supplement store, and then go into uh, Metagenics and take a look at it uh, if you're interested in trying it. Now, here's another interesting plant compound. And... Fred, you drink beer once in a while, right? I do. I say I do too. <laughs> so there's a chemical. What they did was Functional Medicine Research Institute, they wanted to look at all different plant compounds and see what has, and they used it against genetic testing. What had the best effect on lowering gene expression of inflammation and insulin resistance? So they did all these different plants. And what they found, the superior plant compound for that was hops that you make beer out of, delicious. Now, you can't drink enough beer to get it. But what they did was it's a specific chemical from hops called humulus, okay? And first thing, they ran safety studies. It's totally safe, all right? They added to some of their products as an anti-inflammatory. Now, the one, sometimes I'll use this with people with really out-of-control blood sugar. The product's called Insinase, Insinase. And it's um, alpha-reductase humulus or hops. So it's the chemical in hops that has the, the good benefit. For instance, here's, here's a paper they published on reduced isoalpha acids from hops and the plant acacia, which is also excellent. And it's a double-blind uh, placebo-controlled trial examining the effects of the hops and the acacia on insulin regulation. And they had dramatic results. In fact, the hops plant works better than the diabetic drugs, like metformin, for instance. And there was a whole paper that was published on that. With no side effects. None. No side effects. So I, sometimes I'll use Insinase with the, um, the medical shake, depending on the case that, that you're getting. So here's an interesting paper, the International Journal of Obesity, 2005. The modulatory effect of uh, hops extract may be helpful in humans. For, um, to be responsible for the beneficial effects on body weight, so lowering weight. And then they had another study, British Journal of Nutrition, 2005, dietary hops appear to increase HDLs and lower triglycerides while stabilizing insulin sensitivity. So it improves insulin sensitivity. It comes in a capsule, the insinase. And again, I'll use that. And then I'm going to go through... A little list of uh, supplementation. Now, Fred, you supplement. Yes. Do you? I take a lot of stuff. 
just preventatively. I'm not. I don't have any problems no, that I know of. It's all. It's all maybe emotional problems, but that's that's. Beside <laughs> it, no, it's all preventative. Yes. 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 So I'm going to read you a list of some supplements that can help with diabetes, type two diabetes. Don't you don't have to go on all of these. You pick and choose. You go to if you find a practitioner like me. Uh, I'll just put in the supplements that you basically need, and you're not going to have to. You don't want to be taking like a lot of extra stuff. So one of the supplements, again, with the hops and acacia combination, that's called Insinase. That's from Metagenics. The other one to consider is magnesium. Magnesium deficiency is rampant. Magnesium is involved in about 300 enzyme systems, including insulin regulation. Sometimes I'll add that to, to people's uh, protocol. But you also want to make sure you have the right compound of magnesium. Yeah. Like the, you want to glycinate. You want to glycinate. There you go, brother. Magnesium glycinate. Because you have ones that can help you poop. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> or, that's chloride. That's when yeah. you, you've got to you take have, a colonoscopy or right. something. So you have stearate. There's citrate. There's a lot Yeah. Of magnesium glycinate is the best orally absorbed. And that's the best one I've ever found that I use yeah. for muscle cramping. Do you use Metagenics one? Because I, 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 I use that. But I, I use the Metagenics magnesium glycinate. It helps tremendously with my yeah. with muscle cramping. However, they do sell it in the health food store too. There's some you Cal, want. Cal has a version. Ka. Yeah, you want to look at a good yeah. products, not the cheap money saving brand. Okay. Well, that's that's a that's another topic altogether because yeah, people we'll look go, for 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 yeah, get a good brand like um like Carlson's is really good. There, and and the other thing that you want to look for in a supplement is it should be GMP certified, guaranteed manufacturing practices, which Metagenics is, Carlson's is that you can get in the health food store. They have an independent lab that. Test everything that's in your product to make sure it's exactly what it says it is. All right. Um, chromium, two to without 200 to 1,000 micrograms a day is real important. Alpha lipoic acid, 600 to 1,800 milligrams a day. Alpha lipoic acid is a potent antioxidant used in Germany as a diabetic drug for a long period of time. And now, of course, it's over the counter. It has absolutely no side effects. The omega-3 fish oils, which we talked about. Uh, if you don't eat enough fish, you might want to, I take it as a preventative, but you might want to consider that. Well, let's see. Jimmy Sylvester is an herb and bitter gourd is another herb that helps regulate your, your blood sugar. So those are, those are some additional supplements that, that you might want to consider um, with, the, with the diabetes and the, um, to help you regulate your blood sugar for a period of time. Now, I think we got a little time. We wanted to talk about organic food, didn't we, Fred? Yes, indeed. Okay. So, previous <clears throat> podcast, I talked about lipotoxicity, toxic fat, mm -hmm. right? Right. So, your fat cells pick up the pesticides and all the man-made chemicals, and it's no good for you, right? Most of that, you're consuming it in your food. So, you want to get certified organic food. Now, do you do you pretty much go? Oh yeah, with the, as much or, as I can. Yeah, sure. mm -hmm. and my wife shops at uh, at Wegmans. It's where both uh, my kids work, and uh, they have everything organic at a really good price on everything. Sure. Or, or, or if you can't get organic, right? They got those sprays. They get all the right. the, the junk off. And if of you it. can't find organic, it's best okay. to buy local as much as you can. Too, so, so here's the controversy: is organic food. Does that have more nutritional value than non-organic food? Yes, it does. Now let me explain why. So when you do, when you have a plant, plants have genes. Did you know that? I did. 
and they upregulate. So a plant can't get up and run on, and get shade, right? It can't get shade. It can't like water itself. It can't fight off the bugs all by itself. So what happens, the plant's genes upregulate and it produces these plant chemicals, we call them, let's say, phytonutrients, that protect the plant. Now, that's called hormesis. Xenohormesis is when the animal comes and eats the plant or we eat the plant, we, get, we benefit from all those plant compounds. They're like medicine. Right, we eat, right? We, we're eating with a... Medicine. Now, when you have one that's doused with pesticides and that, it doesn't have to produce as much of those phytonutrients as you would, as you would hope. So the nutritional content with the phytonutrients is, is going to be lower. With the, and then you got the problem getting the darn pesticides off of there. Right. You probably heard of Monsanto mm-hmm. being sued for billions of dollars right. because of the glyphosates. Mm-hmm. It's in everything, man. Mm-hmm. I just read a bad article, and that's in all the coffee. So my, I had my wife, you got to get organic coffee. I'm not drinking that. We always get organic and coffee. Of course, right. that's associated with leukemia and lymphoma. Serious. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was in all the oatmeal. So, Because I, I read the journals of environmental toxicology, and they do all the studies. So I looked in our, I looked in our cabinet, and I'm like, well, we got some organic oatmeal, but there's some regular oatmeal. I took it all and threw it out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, well, all the oatmeal. Now, one thing I wanted to mention about the Mediterranean diet, which is awesome, is the food tastes really good. Right, Fred? To me and you, used, didn't we used to go to the Mediterranean? Sure. We haven't went in a while. We used to go to Mediterranean diet. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And we'd eat good food. Oh, so... My grandmother, now grandmother, my grandmother's from Greece. So, in, grandmother in Greece is Yaya, so I always called her Yaya. Yaya was the world's best cook. She had handwritten recipes handed down generation after generation, right? She, she could make string beans. Like, you know, you eat string beans, you're like, yeah, I just want to get this over well, with most the, of the time. Like the tomatoes? Well, she'd have olive oil and herbs and spice. Yeah. You could eat a whole bowl of it. It right. was the best. My grandmother. You never had anything like it. Italian background, my grandmother always made stream. Uh, my grandmother sauce. could cook better than your grandmother, I bet you. <laughs> no, I don't know. All good food. Yeah, yeah. All I mean, any food. of those those handed down recipes, you know, they were they were awesome right. for that, you know. Yeah. So it really boils down to, like we mentioned in our first podcast, it's it's not hard to do this. You need a plan of action. You need to know what foods are better for you than not. You need to shop the produce aisle and look for the organic symbols and make better choices and look at right. monitoring the, you know, well, the amount of food you take. And is this the way, the way I do it for people is I do offer a free half hour consult. So my phone number is 732-219-9636. There's no charge. I can do it on the phone. If you're around Red Bank, New Jersey, you can come in and see me. Or if you have a question or a comment, you can go to my web, website, tommantos.com and hit the contact form and you can send me a nice email through that. But the last thing I wanted to talk to you about, and I have my own ideas on this, and we're pretty similar. I've learned a lot of different things from you, but I'm really big on exercise physiology. And I've been studying that ever since I read about Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's what got me into the whole thing. So my belief is exercise, particularly if you're having health problems, but let's look at diabetes, type 2 diabetes. One of the problems with it is it's a muscle wasting. So you, you start wasting and aging your muscles. Sure. And that wrecks your glucose control. Right. So like if you had a patient come to you and they were diabetic, what kind of a program 
would you try to, you know, balance out for them well, on the exercise? Depending on where they're at, whether they've been sedentary or active or whatever, I base it on that. But if they're sedentary, just honestly, it's like everybody says, just get walking, get moving is easiest prescription. Walk up and down stairs, take, you know, park a little further away. It's about activity. It's about being, it's about moving daily. And all you need to do is a little bit more than you did the day before. And you need to be consistent. And you don't need to rush this process. That's the other problem right. too, is everybody wants to rush to get it done. And the thing is, is when you, when you say to somebody, you want to lose 20 pounds, that's great. You know what? Let's do that over 10 to 12 weeks. Well, people want to lose it over the weekend. And it just doesn't happen that way in a healthy manner. So getting fit, getting, you know, lowering your type two chances for diabetes or lowering your blood pressure, all these things take a little time. There's a convenience of popping a pill, but you're going to pay the piper at the end. Yeah. But now... Do you, do you um, and I tend to go with this, is that gradually and eventually you want to get them in a program where they're going to increase their strength. Absolutely. Their functional strength. We, yeah. I and mean, build if, some muscle that they lost anybody, and eroded. Yeah, all anybody who years, walks into right? my facility, anybody who walks into my facility, strength training is primary. It's, it's, it's number one on the list. Uh, that's what I, I recommend yep. the aerobic and movement patterns like I had suggested, but when they're a client of mine, we strength train two to three times a week. We work our full body, work within their capacities. And you, I had somebody who was a diabetic. He immediately, his points dropped within a three-week period, and that's only after six training sessions. He was already lowering his numbers. Plus, you, you use glucose for fuel when you do exactly. the, more of the weight training and yeah. strength training type exercises. He, and, you know? he was amazed that he was able to lower his numbers in such a short time. So, you know, Tom, we got a little left, and I want to finish out. I like Every week I like to finish up with a little health quote, and Tom and I are old guys, and we're used to Jack LaLanne. Back in yeah, we are. Right. So let me finish up with a little Jack LaLanne quote here. Exercise is king and nutrition is queen. Together you have a kingdom. Just think about that. I like Jacqueline. I like Jacqueline. All right, Fred. So our next podcast is a really good one on the healthy heart and some interesting new information on that and uh, what you can do to keep your heart healthy and to reverse some coronary artery disease. Look forward to the next one, Don. All right. Thank you. Thank you for listening this week to Tom Mantos Speaking of Nutrition with co-host Fred Bornicola. We have new episodes every week on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Please join us again soon as we continue your personal journey to better health.